For your weekly broadcast of Encourage Radio. Yes, we are excited that you're here with us today for another just lesson in life, um, just some tools for our toolbox in order to move forward in our parenting journey, our living journey, and just the ability to impact our community. So we're ready for today, aren't we? I am. I'm excited about it. Jacob, are you excited about it? Oh yeah, I'm ready for this this episode. Can you feel the excitement? <laughs> Don't even. I felt it. <laughs> oh how funny! Oh yeah. Now you did a great intro in there because I one day I hope that we're on YouTube because for me visually, remember uh, Encourage Radio is built around the idea of the family didn't have TV. And there was an appointed time when certain news came on, and they all gathered in the living room, sat around, you know, dialed in the broadcast, and um, sat around the radio. And of course, we have that beautiful little radio sitting over my office. It's also like the visual image on um, the on the website uh, the, the, of, the, of the radio. But w- how you introed was just that. It's like, all right. Dial in, sit down. Here we go. I love that. You did great on that, Raina. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's always funny because here, you know, um, in our little room, we're always like, all right, are you doing the opening? Oh, are funny. you doing the opening? And um, it is neat because we just want to make sure that you, our listening audience, are fully engaged mm-hmm. and yeah. ready to learn something new. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, Raina and I talk about this often, if you didn't know. And so we want to make sure we cover um, all topics of encourage um, encouragement for families, parents, marriages, yeah. and that it's um, not just say one on one topic, but we we are in a little thread right now, um, mainly on parenting your children and what to teach them. We've been discussing principles and foundations, but I have to say this: I was talking to somebody the other day, and you know they were like, you know, you've been preaching lately towards families on the last three sermons and so forth. And I got some out of it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, the Word of God is the Word of God. It doesn't. And what I love about that is when I submit myself to the Holy Spirit, if if God is, it, you know, dials me into a preacher, this is me. If he dials me into a preacher and his, to- his topic is stewardship, I'm probably going, well, you know, I think I'm pretty good at stewardship, but I'll never know what I'll get out of that. So my tendency yes. is just to think, I don't need that lesson on stewardship, but whenever we, we talk about the principles from God's Word, no matter where you find yourself, the Holy Spirit will speak to you a particular personal message. I guess my encouragement is, yes, we're, we're still on this little idea right now of parenting, but it's probably going to hit an area of your life. Maybe in, yes. in these 10 things, you might think, you know what? He meant that for parents, but I needed that today. Well, sometimes we're we're parenting adults, oh, and yes. we still haven't passed these tests. Yeah, and many times we need to have listening ears because our you know our verbiage still influences our kids. Yes, our responses still influ- you know influence our community. Right. And many times um, I know that through the years it's kind of funny. You know, Ron will be preaching on a sermon, then all of a sudden I'll hear all of these other preachers. 
preachers on the same theme. Well, um, I don't think after all of these years of ministry that that is coincidence because I don't you know, do coincidence. But anyway, I really think sometimes the Lord has a message for all of us and in this overall mission. So a message that we hear may not always be about us. And that's where our philosophy of thought needs to change as well is like, Lord, I'm learning about you. Mm. Yes. What is your message? What is your mission? Yes. So many times we may be putting this in our back pocket and it may be for that lady down the street that we may meet later on and that we have a word of encouragement for them. Yes, well, well said. So here we are in this one, and we're continuing this thread, this thought of uh, parenting our children. And we're, we're talking about the idea of um, principles and foundations. Maybe you can say it as, as boundaries, um, borders, whatever, but it's principles and foundations. I like those two words. It's not that you don't find um, boundaries in the Bible. You do. But you, the Bible is is basically a book of principles. Principles are timeless. Thank God the Bible's not a book of laws. None of us would keep them and be able to keep all of them. But principles are timeless. Principles are timeless from the Word of God as they apply to our life, which is why we say the principles that we're mentioning today mm-hmm. um, will be principles all of us can use. Um, whether you are a parent, but maybe you needed to hear this, or you're not a parent, but you needed to hear some of this, or you needed encouragement in this area. But we're continuing this thread of principles and foundations, and continuing from the previous podcast, we want to give you this today. Basically, we want to give you 10 um, guidelines, 10 uh, principles and foundations that are necessary tools um, to guide your kids. Here's what we said last time we gathered, okay? For our kids to become emotionally healthy adults one day, they need to know how to process what they are feeling. Wow. Yes. Okay, and is that true? That's true for all of us. Yes. I mean, okay, hang on, back up. Let's take out the word kids out of that statement. <laughs> For us to become emotionally healthy, we need to know how to process what we're feeling. Wow. Yeah, sure. Bam. So it's not just kids, right? Uh, you know, maybe maybe if you know that, but maybe, you, I don't know, maybe you're embarrassed, like you don't want to admit it, then yeah, just say, I was listening to a parenting podcast. Hmm. Like that's a good way to say, but it was really for me down deep inside. So here's, we're still developing this, okay? Developing wellness is dependent upon handling distress. Have you ever noticed that 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 actually, when you break it down, um, that word can be broken down into dis-stress? Just like disease can be broken down into dis-ease. Whenever there's a disease in the body, the body is at dis-ease. It doesn't feel right. Remember, your children are born at the bottom of the ocean of emotion. As a parent, you are there as a lifeguard, of course, but you are there to teach them how to swim, how to surface, and keep their head above water. Good night, right? Every one of us around this table right now can can tell you that we're just maybe slightly above water because we're just <laughs> we're really busy. We go through seasons of busyness. Maybe you've learned to to swim underwater, you know, free dive, um, because you're like, okay, well, water's here. But our, your children are born at the bottom of an ocean of emotion. You're there as their guide. And so we want to help you develop yourself and your child to be able to handle life. So going off what we talked about last time, I want to give you um, 10 principles. Now, in a previous podcast, we gave you 10 guidelines um, to be a good model. Yeah. Now, like Raina has said as well, these overlap, but not 
they do, but they they, they more interweave. Mm. Um, you know, like this is this is a cord of three strands that we're just we're trying to make a, a tighter uh, cord here. So these are different than ten models or ten guidelines on how to be a good model. We're reinforcing what are some necessary principles. Let me say it this way: If you were to sit down with me and say, "What are na- Pastor Ron? Name me ten things." that I need to be giving my children? What are 10 necessary things that I need to teach beyond reading, writing, arithmetic? What are 10 things? Well, this is what I would say, okay? And, and then, by the way, these are these are studied. Like, you can Google these um, among Christian um, folks. And so you can extrapolate these from almost anything you read from, like, um, Christian sources. And I, I'm doing it from, like, my own family and my experience. I can remember what my parents taught. Here's number one. If we're talking about 10 principles um, that are foundational to helping your child become healthy and well, um, emotionally, physically, number one is responsibility. Yes. Responsibility. Mm. You have to teach your children the concept of responsibility. used to joke with some of our girls, like if you spell out responsibility, right now you're on the letter P, (laughs) R-E-S-P. Like we're getting there. Yeah. You know, we're, we're getting closer to that. But what do we mean by that? Well, of course, automatically your mind is going to um, give them chores. Well, we, yes, um, but no, I mean, not, not only. Um, so it's it's weekly tasks, it's, it it's daily pickups, and it's seasonal helps. Mm, yeah. I'm telling you right now, I deal with this in married couples. Yes. Right now, like how to be a responsible husband that helps out around the house, mm. how to be a responsible wife, how to be a responsible husband and wife when you're both working like 50 hours a week and in, in, in laundry and dishes and kids and lunches. Like, man, life just socks it to you. Yeah. And so how do you do that? You're both tired and you come home and you want to play the my day was worse than your day. You do the laundry. My day was worse than you de- your day. You do the vacuuming. Like, okay, so yeah, that applies to all of us. But what do we mean by that? You know, one of the things I watched Raina do with all our girls is early, early on, she would say this. Like, I don't, Raina, how old were they? Three months? Four months? I I'm mean, not sure where you're going. I'm oh, about to find out. Oh, how funny. <laughs> well, but, all right, we mentioned it before. Um, it's the idea when you were like, okay, put your toys back in the basket. Yes. And yes. but you were holding them, like you were carrying them, and they couldn't. Like you would pick up the book, you'd put it in their hand, and you're holding one of the girls. Yes. And you're like, "Let's put your toys away." Yeah. Like you didn't wait till they were nine or ten and said, "Okay, you're doing laundry today. Tomorrow you're doing dishes." <clears throat> I mean, at a very early age, you started the concept of we don't leave our toys out all over the floor. And it's before they're even verbal. Yes. That you're doing these skills. Yes. yes. You're already like planting that in them. So yeah. one of the things you would always do is every time you go up steps, you count the steps. I mean, like before they're verbal, like even while they're sleeping, you're like one, two, three, you know, but it's that. So what we're talking about, show them how to do it. Like, don't just tell them. Like what I loved about what you did is you held the book, you held them, and then you showed them where to put the book. Yeah. Right. And you just kept doing that until you were like, okay, it's your turn. You pick up the book. You now take it to the basket. Yes. It's that. So it's it starts so, so early with just really, really small things. Like let them help put the groceries away. Even if it's just one can of beans, it's on the lower shelf of the pantry. Yes. Um, 
hold them while you're vacuuming. Mm-hmm. You know, like show them, teach them weekly tasks, like what we again, what we call um, daily pickups. But here's what's also important: teach them seasonal helps. Yeah. Now, seasonal, I don't mean like winter, summer, spring, and fall. Life has seasons. And there's going to be times, like I tell folks all the time, there was a season when I wasn't at the house and you had all three girls. And I still ask you to this day, how in the world did you do it? Um, And now there's a season um, where like you're taking care of other things and I'm having to step in. There's seasons, right? And you have to recognize there's seasons of life where you might have to carry the load for a while, whereas one other person was carrying um, the load. Or, of course, you should always be helping. But teach your children that. Teach your children that you you may you know washing dishes may not be your favorite, but somebody has to wash the dishes, yeah. and it just so happens that this week is a busy week and there's nobody available. We need you, right? Right? You know, like we still call on our girls um, to this day to like help with the dogs, help with laundry. Can you come pick this up? Can you meet us here? Um, we need help, and they do the same with us. It's just something that's that's shared. Here's the second one. So number one's responsibility. Number two is stewardship. Yeah. Now we talked about that. I think it was in a previous podcast. We mentioned it, and why? Because um, we we wanted them to you know demonstrate that uh, giving. Well, here's what I said: ten models. I said, well, let them see you giving. Well, now we're wanting you to teach them what stewardship means. Yeah. Now remember, stewardship doesn't mean tithing only. Very early in the Bible, God told Adam and Eve to take care of the world, have dominion over the earth. Yes. Like if there's anybody that ought to, ought to celebrate Earth Day, it's Christians. Like. The, the, the secular world should have not come up with the term Earth Day, yeah. right? Because that was given to us initially. Like, teach your children stewardship of mowing the yard. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stewardship of, like, why do we wash our clothes to make them last longer? Um, stewardship, you know what I mean? Like, take care of things. Yeah. Well, and take care of just the little things and taking care of others. Mm. You know, let them watch you. You know, take the time to push the grocery cart back up into the store. Oh, gosh, I don't like that. <laughs> I know you don't. Yeah. But just setting those examples that we live within community. Yeah, no, that's good. And it is so important to be that steward of, you know, of where we are. As we, you know, we teach our kids, we'll take care of your car. Yes. Mom's running it through the car wash. Don't leave all your trash in the back seat of the car, your sippy cups, right. things like that. Let's take care of what God has given us. We're going to throw it away in the trash when we get out. Right. So that starts very, very early. Right. And explaining to them the why, you know, of just being that proper steward. I know many of us have seen people out on the mission field. We've gone yeah. out on the mission field, and they're out there sweeping their dirt floor. Yeah. You know, their corrugated mattress wall. You know, just being so thankful for the what the Lord has given us. And if we live in that state of thankfulness, even as a child, we help them learn that contentment because they are surrounded by indulgence. They are surrounded in Babylon. And so it's those little things at home of thankfulness. You know, not just, of course, pausing. And, you know, I I believe that, you know, when you do pray, when you sit down to eat, it is an initial pause to kind of give a restart and a reflection of, you know, just the gift of of the food that we receive. Mm -hmm. But, yes, living that way as well and being a proper steward early on, you're going to grow into that young adult within your marriage 
and kind of have more of a thankfulness yeah. of where you are and not try to keep up with the Joneses quite as much or right. your spending habits or whatever. You're just going to have a better perspective of stewardship as an adult, but it does start as a child. You know, I mean, you make a great point there about stewardship I hadn't thought of. Uh, steward, stewardship, I think, done well um, makes you feel like you've got a lot. Meaning, yes. like, so like when you said comparing the Joneses, like, yes, we can always look at somebody. We'll, we'll, we'll never really be on top, um, at least not for long, and you're never going to always be at the bottom. You're always going to be floating somewhere in between. Like, there's always going to be somebody that has more and somebody that has less. I get that. But stewardship done properly recognizes the blessings and the thankfulness for what you have yeah. when, it, when it's done well. And I, I learned from my dad, you know, stewardship. So I, I can always remember when he would, you know, with all his trucks, eight, nine trucks that he had in business, and the, the guys just would not take care of the tools. And I can remember my dad going, if they only understood like that, that hammer, how much it cost, that trowel, how much it cost, that mortar board, how much it cost. And so when I heard that, I was like, oh, I never thought of that. I mean, I was kind of abusing the tools. And then I was like, oh, man, this is my dad's money. So I'm going to take care of that trial. I'm going to take care of that mortar board. And then I kind of got frustrated not watching his guys, like, take care of stuff. I'm going, that's not helpful. Like, yeah. if you want to be a better employee. So that it's not just tithing, you know, when we hear stewardship. It's taking care of all things that God has given us and done well. You will feel blessed and not, um, like, less than. Yeah, Fair. and you're You'll be more apt to want to give to others. True. It won't be so hurtful like, oh, this is mine. And you'll have mm. that right perspective of yeah. God has given us everything and he allows us to keep some. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so in what we do in order to live for others and to buy that meal for someone or, you know, to do something right. for someone else, even someone that we don't know how they're going to handle it, but we're we're entrusting that it is a resource, you know, that the Lord wants us to live out and we teach that very young. And why do we teach stewardship not just to be nice to others and take care of the, of the world again? This is a principle that helps them, and Raina said it in so many words, it helps them have the right mental attitude about what they have or what they don't have. Mm. Like it doesn't lead to distress. And so when we compare, we're like, why don't I have those genes? Why don't I live there? Why don't I have that? And then we just don't know how to process what's happening around us. But this is why we're good stewards. Here's number three, determination. Oh, mm. wow. The push through. Oh, the push. Now, listen, hang on. Your kids are born at the bottom of this. Like, they don't even know what the word determination means. Yeah. So you're going to have to teach them, like, how to stay in the game, how to finish the report, how to finish the task. They're naturally going to want to drink half the glass of orange juice and waste the other half. They're naturally going to want to <laughs> start something and not finish. They're going to want to keep their clothes laying all over the floor because when they wake up, they can see everything and not have to go through drawers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? But you, it, it, you have to teach them determination. Like the labor force right now is struggling in this area. Mm -hmm. Yes. Kids to stay committed to jobs. Yeah. Yes. Everybody wants to start out making 200000 a year and work very little. Everybody wants to be an influencer and try on three outfits and get paid a million bucks. But very few of them want to have stick to -itiveness. Why is that important? Well, the Christian life is all about persisting in the faith. Yes. Yeah. So Paul says, persist in the faith. Run the race. Run the race with endurance. Like, stay the course. Stay in the fight. Your children are going to have to be taught that from other principles because that's going to have to be applied to living it out in the Christian faith. Like, when, when prayer doesn't seem to work, keep praying. 
when reading the Bible doesn't seem to work, keep reading. And they can apply that to so many other things. And, and then job. And when parenting doesn't seem to work, keep parenting. Uh, when trying to do the right thing just doesn't seem to work, keep doing the right thing. Like stay. Finish. Here's another one, potential. Like one of the principles you need to give your children is potential. One of the hardest things about being a parent is to not say no. Yeah. Right? Like how many times, Jacob, would you say on average – you're probably tempted or do say no to Benjamin. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> At least like 30 to 30 times a day. I mean, And how do you not say no when you see him about to grab something that you know will fall on him? Yeah. Or when he's about to go somewhere that you know he might get hurt? Yeah. I mean, you're like, you can't really have like this gentle conversation. Well, let's talk about where you're headed right now. Yeah, he has no idea. He has no idea. So sometimes you have to say no. Correct. I mean, I, we get that. One of the hardest things to do as a parent is to not say no, but to learn. So the reason why, how you counteract that, the reason why I say potential is it counteracts that. Like yeah. you're constantly telling your children, here's the reason why there are boundaries. Because water left alone is a flood. Water channeled is powerful and purposeful. Yeah. And right now, in these areas of life, you're like water that's just sort of a flood. Like, there's no boundaries. There's no principles. There's no reason. But the reason why I'm giving you these principles is so you can be channeled. God has made you in such a way to have so much potential that I I can see that in you. And you can't, and that's my job as a parent, to guide you toward I, I know you are worth. Yeah. I say this every time I do premarital counseling. The average wife marries the average guy because of his potential <laughs> every time. Yeah. And eight out of 10 times, I ask them, give me your three reasons why you want to get married and five expectations of marriage. And without fail, eight times out of 10, one of her um, reasons and ex- or expectations somewhere in there is because I see what he can't see in himself. Wow. Every time. For whatever reason, the average female can see more potential in the male than the guy can see in himself. But here's my point. We have to start talking about the potential, reason, purpose. That's why principles are so foundational for our children, because it's telling them like how God made them. Here's here's number five, relationships. Like, Rainy, you said this a while back. You you said we have to start teaching uh, our folks that it's always people over policy or mercy over judgment. Like, we have to start teaching our kids like to value relationships, that people aren't there just for them, and people aren't there to walk over. Um, people are there for a reason, and God has entrusted us with relationships, community. God said it's not good that man be alone. That wasn't just in the context of marriage. Yeah. He wants us to live in community. So teaching your children like how to have relationships with all walks of life. Mm. Yes. I love it when we homeschooled our girls, and still you'll hear this today about homeschoolers. They're like, well, what about the social aspect? Our girls at, at early age could talk. Our girls at the age of seven could talk to people that were forty-seven years of age. Yes, <laughs> I yeah. love that. You know, done properly, you can teach your kids not just to talk to kids their age. You can teach them how to look people in the eye and shake their hand and hold some level of conversation because there's a respect um, for relationship. We're kind of rolling through these, but here's number six: work ethic. Mm. Now, this is different than determination. One of the things you need to be teaching your children is the value of industry, working hard. Uh, Solomon says in the book of Ecclesiastes, if if the roof um, sags, it's a man's fault. In other words, like, take care of the house. Like, you need to have a good work ethic. 
somebody said this, like you either pay now and play later or you play play now and pay later. Yeah. Wow. You got to teach your kids that it's not all about playing now. Um, if you play now, you're going to pay for it later. But if you pay now, you will play later. Here's what we mean. It's, it's always the gratification delay test, right? Teaching your, your children to wait for something better. Like you don't get it all now. Like you got to work hard. It's not just, it's not going to naturally come at you. Here's one that Raina talks about a lot with our kids is number seven is attitude. Attitude is everything. I literally (laughs) was about to ask you to sing your little ditty. Say your little attitudes, everything. Attitude is everything. I mean, do we not agree? Yes. I mean, can you not see attitude in very young age? Yes. I mean, it shows up. Yeah. Crying, whining, pointing, moaning, groaning. Again, they're born at the ocean, bottom of the ocean of emotion, and they're learning how to process. Like, they don't even know what the word attitude means. None of, the, none of these words, they know what they mean. Mm-hmm. But you're demonstrating that. So, mom and dad, what's your attitude around the house? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Are you fluctuating? Mm. Do you, you know, when um, whenever a conflict occurs or you have a hard time or you don't do as well as you thought, you know, what is your attitude through it? Yeah. You know, and realizing that we model that and teaching our kiddos at a very young age, you know, not, hey, you should have a good attitude. Yeah, you I know? love that. Like, yeah, say that, say that again. <laughs> no. Yeah. Hey, you, you better. You should have it. Yeah, right? Yeah, and so many times we forget that, mm. you know, that that atmosphere of, of attitude. Mm-hmm. And um, just because we are stressed for the day, how is it that we handle that stress? Because you're going to have stress no matter what it is. Right. Yeah. But we're just responsible on how we're handling that stress with our attitude. Yeah. Mm. We can handle it one way or the other. And I know that we have people in our lives that we love how they handle stress. Oh, yeah. You know, there's many times that we have people in our lives that they're going through a lot and they're just really uplifting. Well, what does that in do that inspires you and they're not being fake right they just have a different attitude within the situation yeah and And that's a choice i think a lot of a lot of it has to do with habits too like what Mm. yes like some you might have created a bad habit of having a bad attitude towards something and then so true you just it keeps happening even though that's like not really purposeful yes like it all go ahead reina oh and just asking the holy spirit to just ask you know to help you in that lord Help me to be conscious whenever I need to hold my tongue. Yeah. But Lord, give me the perspective, your perspective yeah. on where we are. So I'm not, you know, setting that tone in my home or to others whenever I get to the office. Cause I can get in a season where I feel like I'm like, wah, 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 especially oh, whenever yeah, you're do. going through yeah. something. Yeah. Because especially when it's not fair yeah. in our head, you know, we're trying to work it out. In our head at the same time of talking about it at the same time. Yeah. So many times we need to stop and work it out with the Father mm-hmm. um, before we're able to talk it out with others because we don't. That's we, a great point. Because we're supposed to be living on mission. And so many times when we're so full of that, that you know, worry in our head, expectations, goals, you know, not reaching where we need to be, yeah. it can just come out of us and it affects right. Everyone around us yeah. and Satan's like, gotcha, you know, in the house. And it's like, no, you know, just start practicing 
daily within ourselves. And, and then, of course, teaching our kids to learn right. how to, you know, change our thought, their thought process. Okay, right. I know yes, you're feeling this way, mm. but let's learn how to process through this yes. when your coach says this. Mm. You know, what is the proper way of thinking through this? That's good. Yes. Yep, that's it. That's attitude. I want to mention just the last um, three because they're sort of um, you know uh, easily understandable. Because in our in our last three or four minutes, I want to just mention not just the principles, but how to teach them. And, okay, uh, um, it's going to be a lot to teach in three minutes, but I think we can do it. So the last three of the ten are honesty. Obviously, you want to teach your kids to be honest. Generosity. Generosity is different than stewardship. Generosity says, you know, I, I can give that away. Like being generous, I'll never lose. And then number 10, be, dependence upon God. Mm. Now, I could have put number 10 as number one, but number 10 literally helps you accomplish the rest. So when I'm looking at this, I'm looking at one through nine. One through nine is built upon dependence upon God. Does yes. that make sense? Mm. Yeah. Okay, can we teach you this really quick? I want to run this just really quick. So how do you teach this to the ages and stages? All right, so from ages zero to seven, they call this the age of regulation, mm. meaning from zero to seven, it's all action based on feelings. Remember, they're born at the bottom of the ocean of emotion, and all they know are feelings, and they're trying to figure out what is this? What am I feeling? My stomach hurts. Well, cry. You know, I see a banana. I'm going to point. Yeah. You know, um, they don't know like what I'm feeling. So, the, so this based on feelings. The strongest need from age zero to seven is the need for instruction, mm. which is why I mentioned Raina yeah. carrying our girls, picking up a book, Raina picking it up, and saying, let's put your book away. She was had the book in her hand, walked it to the basket, and said, put it in the basket. Raina was doing it, but Raina was verbalizing, instructing, mm. this is what eventually I'm going to ask of you. But I'm modeling it right now. Yeah. Your children need that. So, you know, it's just the age of instruction. From 8 to 12, it's called the age, listen, of imitation. Yeah. Mm. All right. Now, at the age of imitation, it's when they act, they act out what we do. Now, hang on. Pause. In a previous podcast, we said something like this. Why you should not say, because I said so. Have you ever said this as a parent? Have you ever just gotten to the end of the line and you're like, I get it, I get it. Don't do what I do, but do what I say. Mm. Right? Yeah. Like mom and dad, yeah, like, no, no, I get it. I just need you to do this. But you do this, your kid says back to you, and you're like, I get it. Do as I do as I say, not as I do. And typically you're saying that in the age of eight to twelve, because the actions that are they're crying out for, they're they're they don't so much need instruction, they're watching you. Mm-hmm. So what they need at that moment is demonstration. So go back to a previous podcast, and we were like, what are 10 models, uh, 10 guidelines to be a good model for mom and dad? Remember, from 8 to 12, they need demonstration. Yes. Now, that's tough yeah. because that means 24-7, they're watching everything you do, and they eventually become who you are. Well, mm. and many times, <laughs> even in, you know, let's use something basic like clean your room. Yeah. They don't know what that means. Right. Mm -hmm. Have you ever modeled for them how to, and to do it with them while you're spending time with them, how to fold their clothes? Yeah. How to straighten their room? Um, How to make a bed? Yeah. You say, go make your bed. 
they really have no idea right. what that end expectation is. Right. So in a fun way, you're modeling it for them little things like, okay, let's get the trash out of the car. Okay, I'm waiting for you to get trash out of the car. Well, sometimes you're going to have to get the trash out with them in order to show them and to model for them what that looks like. Now, that takes patience. Oh, my gosh. And to cook with them and to put away the groceries. And the reason why we organize the groceries the way that we do. Yes. You know, why do you put the can back on over there? Well, they don't know the the organizational structure that you have in your right. head of expectation. Right. So just that modeling of just like as a child holding them while you're doing it, next comes that parallel job of doing life with them. That's demonstration. That's and right. And then moving towards allowing them the ownership of being able to flesh it out. Yes. And then coming in and course correct without tearing down. Yes. Yes, which is the last age. So ages 13 and up is the age of questioning. Mm. Oh, that's always tough. You know, yeah. why? So they do start with why um, as toddlers. Like, why do we do this? Why does it say that? But now it turns into why should I instead of just why? And so the need for age 13 and up is is the need for proper models. In other words, setting goals. So Raina said it, and she, she went in and alluded. So you go from demonstration to now you're telling them why it's important for them because eventually at some point they're they're not going to be with you to make the bed with you. They're going to have their own bed. They're not always going to be at work with you or at school with you. So you're you're hoping that the instruction and the demonstration now tells them well, in order for me to be who and where my parents are, I need to set goals for myself. Mm. Yes. Start I'm telling you start talking to your kids even before 13. But start talking to them about goal setting. The mm-hmm. average adult that I speak to and I ask them, where do you see your life in two years? They can't tell me. Wow. They don't have goals. They don't have goals for their family. And so start talking about that. Okay, we could spend forever on this, but I feel like we've given you guys a lot. Yeah. Okay, zero to seven is regulation, instruction. Eight to 12 is imitation. Give them demonstration. 13 and up is questioning. Um, help them set goals. So go back and re-listen to this and re-listen to this over and over and over. Ten established principles and foundations that are necessary tools to give your children a way to make it to the surface. They're at the bottom of the ocean and how to make – this is going to make parenting easier because no parent likes to keep jumping into the water, deep diving, and bring their kid back up. Yeah, That's a struggle. You want them to learn how to swim on their own. And yes, you have to take them from the bottom to the top, and these 10 things help you surface your kids to know how to handle distress so they can be emotionally healthy, functioning adults one day. Yeah. We're going to build on this some more. we got another topic coming on the next next episode. But um, Raina, thank you again for your contribution. Jacob, yours as well. And for the introduction, it was spot on. Yeah. We all sat around the radio (laughs) and we listened. So thank you guys for listening today. We do pray you are blessed and may the Lord use this word from our lips to your heart. May the Holy Spirit make this an important word for where you are. And we pray for your encouragement today and blessings. See ya.